Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The best quarterbacks are being drafted earlier than ever on Underdog Fantasy this year. Hey, don't blame that on you. Uh, but last year, a number of late round quarterbacks thrust themselves into that five through top 12 range with truly breakout seasons. I mean, this list is incredible. Prior to week one, Justin Fields closed drafts as the quarterback 16. He finishes the quarterback five in points per game. Daniel Jones, the quarterback 21, turned into the quarterback 10. Geno Smith, the quarterback 31. We know he went all the way up to quarterback eight, and that doesn't even include Tua and Trevor Lawrence. So what should we take from those names? Well, I think that the late round quarterback era is dead now because (laughs) the just disregard my intro. (laughs) No, no, because there's a difference between getting to the low end quarterback one versus the elites. Yep. previously when Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers were running the league, they didn't have the elite quarterback seasons that Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes are having. So that to me is the difference. And the primary reason why there is a separation now that has not existed previously is because the best quarterbacks in the NFL are also now running like crazy. Scrambling's up, quarterback sneaks are up, and every single time that the running or a quarterback runs the ball, that means he's not getting points from, from your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends. So they're yeah. starting to stand out. And the other thing is we've been very good at predicting quarterbacks now. The late round rushing guy is not going in round 16 anymore. The, yeah, I mean, Anthony it, Richardson's a quarterback nine right now. Right, it's, it's over. It's very lucky that we were able to get Justin Fields as, you know, the quarterback 16 and Daniel Jones, who... Maybe we didn't expect him to run as much as he did last year all the way down as quarterback 21. But I do like your point, despite my intro, because it does make sense. Like the top four names last year really separated themselves. And let's throw in Mm -hmm. Justin Fields, too, as the the top five names. Mm -hmm. Like if you were able to get one of them, you had a leg up heading into every single week. Because let's say from Joe Burrow down to Daniel Jones, who is the other top name on this list, that's a four point gap. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a four point gap. So I get what you're saying, that it's very difficult to find what we're looking for in the parameters of after round 10 ADP of 120 plus to get a top four quarterback name. Mm -hmm. But I still think that there's some of this ambiguity that some of these guys can really change people's rosters if they get maybe Mm -hmm. two of them of the three quarterbacks that that they do draft. Yeah. So how I'm treating this video is I'm assuming I'm drafting an elite quarterback But I don't like drafting the standard quarterback twos and hoping that they're going to be the quarterback 10. I want to find this year's Daniel Jones, who was a quarterback three that can turn into kind of an upside quarterback two, because I I want to put my eggs into the elite quarterback basket. And then at the end of my draft, kind of correlated the last quarterback in. All right. We'll kick it off then with Matthew Stafford, who's being drafted as the quarterback 20, 153 overall. Yeah, so he's practicing. The neck injury is not that's that's a good thing. But I think the reason why he's going as late as he is is because when we started this uh, best ball, 
it was a little bit uncertain where what his status was. Cooper Cup was coming off ankle surgery. He seems healthy. Sean McVay, all that type of stuff. But really, it just comes down to the Rams are going to be playing Madden this year, and I can see Stafford being top five in pass attempts because the defense is bad. They play with pace. They play with uh, a lot of pass rate as well. And Matthew Stafford's just been lighting it up with Sean McVay. Uh, over his 17-game pace, he's averaging 4,560 passing yards and 33 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's low-end quarterback one numbers. I like drafting Cooper Cup in the middle part of round one, and that's when I'd like to pick up Matthew Stafford. We talked about Tyler Higby on previous shows. We talked about Van Jefferson. You made some excellent Van Jefferson points in the sleeper video. So there's a lot of value on the Rams. And I think just out of necessity, there's just going to be a lot of weird games where Matthew Stafford's going to kind of like basically how it was with the lions, like what, six, seven years ago where Cal uh, Calvin Johnson and Stafford is lighting games up in garbage time. I think we can see some similar seasons to that with Cooper cup and Stafford. When he was healthy and they did have a much better team and they did win the super bowl. He finished that season as the quarterback five overall in total points, averaging about 21 Per week. And then we really haven't seen a case where everything that could go wrong did go wrong for a defending Super Bowl champion like we saw last year with the Rams. I mean, the elbow injury for him, he played bad, uh, atrocious offensive line. Then he had a spinal injury. And I'm not typically into, you know, this, the trailing or garbage time narrative that gets peddled around for fantasy mm-hmm. discourse all the time because uh, you do want to be winning because that means you put up more points than your opponents. But in this offense and this team, I kind of view it slightly differently because if the offense is healthy, then they're going to put up points, you know? Yes. And if they are trailing, uh, Sean McVay in his past has totally abandoned the run to the point where he'll throw like 20 straight times, you know? Yep. So in this case, I am all for it. And man, I maybe I'm walking down narrative street here. I just don't see how McVay, Stafford, Cup, Donald all come back if they're not really like, hey, everything is all in, we're probably not going to win the whole thing, but let's at least like have a really good season Fun. and play yeah. to our peak. Yeah, it'll be video game numbers for him. First up for me is Jared Goff. I hope you're giggling to yourself, the longtime listeners, because I'm the first person to say that when you isolate Jared Goff as an individual talent, there's a lot to be desired. I mean, he's purely a pocket passer who has one of the steepest cliffs of success when pressured. Uh, but luckily, we don't have to do that. I mean, he is attached to a top 10 offensive line, no matter what the models might say, and attached to one of the best play callers in the NFL in Ben Johnson. I mean, last year, golf closed as the quarterback 15 in points per game. He particularly came on, you know, towards the end of the season uh, when everything was aligning perfectly and the Lions were making, you know, a playoff push. And so I know that we all have their points per game as a team in mind of last year. And you ask yourself, well, if that all equaled the quarterback 15, then how can it change? How can it get any better for Jared Goff, who's being drafted as the quarterback 17 right now? And I would say to you, touchdowns. Jamal. Touchdowns. <laughs> the Lions had 19 rushing touchdowns inside the 10-yard line last season. Okay? That's compared to 20 passing touchdowns in the same region. The Lions, despite upgrading, arguably, at both running back spots, are not going to have 19 rushing touchdowns inside the 10-yard line this season. And heck, maybe five, six of those go towards the passing game. And just five, six touchdowns on the top of Jared Goff's numbers changes him from the quarterback 17 to like Mm -hmm. the quarterback 12 or 11. 
Yeah, this is going to be my exact point. Is just it's regression based off of just Jamal Williams twerking in the end zone. It's just not going to happen uh, <laughs> this year. So yeah, I, I'm with you with this. Jared Goff, he's one of these quarterbacks, and I think like we've done this with Kirk Cousins, where we like completely bash him probably too much, but the, because like there's a, a low ceiling, but consistency when it just comes to like who's making an accurate throw. Jared Goff's decent at that right now. And this is a good offense. Make sure to go watch that Ben Johnson video that we have on our channel. One of the best breakdowns of film I've I've seen on YouTube. Um, and it made me really optimistic with Ben Johnson, not just this year, but also probably as a head coach later on too. It's a difficult conversation with Jared Goff because like Lions fans who now I've seen like the best of Jared Goff and arguably his career year um, are saying, well, why would we want ever another quarterback? Like, look what he did in this offense. And it's mm -hmm. because you're able to keep him in this situation where he can thrive with, again, a play caller who knows where his best throws are in terms of yeah. breaking routes toward the middle of the field, not asking to really stress outside the numbers. And look, I'm not like that nervous of, you know, no Jamison Williams or no TJ Hawkinson um, changing his numbers. Because to me, it's the play caller and offensive line. Like, the only way he has a bad season Jared Goff is if like two pieces of this OL like go down for season long stuff and then he's getting yeah. pressured more often. But like they, we know who he is. We know what his strengths are and they play to his strengths and man, they can create explosive plays and are really good at segmenting and connecting their play calls from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. Who, who are you stacking Goff with? Like if you just on a draft basis. Ooh, good question. Um, Dave Montgomery. I know that like facts because. <laughs> It kind of goes back to the point I just made at the start where I love Jameer Gibbs, right? But if we're getting and looking at how this team scores touchdowns, it's rushing inside the 10. And I would be shocked if Dave Montgomery doesn't own 60 plus percent of that. And then you also get it from the quarterback. And mm -hmm. so I think this is one of the rare occasions where maybe it breaks the models where you do benefit from having the quarterback and running back sacking here. Yeah, for sure. It's just the team's looking better than we all projected, which was the Lions last year. Yeah, I thought you might throw out a Josh Reynolds name there. Okay. Well, he's the <laughs> deep seeker wide receiver of the year. Your next name is Kenny Pickett. Yeah, and this is one of those where it's like, I want to find the quarterback three that scrambles probably a little bit more than expected and also play the young narrative. And last year, he was... 10th in quarterback runs. He was sixth in quarterback scrambles. He was fifth in quarterback sneaks from week five on. And in his last five games, that's from week 12 on, this was shocking to me. And you, I don't even think anyone's going to believe me, but I'm not making this up. He Over the last five games of his season, he was second in PFF grade. He was second in big time throw rate. He was first in turnover rate on the good side. He was ninth in quarterback pressure to sack ratio, which means he's avoiding sacks. He was 11th in runs as a quarterback over that period. And he was also ninth in EPA per play. The offense is so triggering and that's why he will not be a quarterback one. And it's still there. And it's still there. And that's why it, when I was like thinking about this, who's the quarterback three that can be an upside quarterback two? I do think he can do that. Is he going to be a every week quarterback one? I don't think that's possible just because the restrictions on the offense, but Kenny Pickett gets labeled as like this Mac Jones type where he's just going to be a pocket passer, like a Jared Goff. He's not like that at no. all. He is all creation. He actually misses some progressions. He does panic a little bit, probably too much, but second year quarterbacks really do fix that 
on average, second year quarterbacks, uh, their completion percentage up goes up by two uh, percentage points. Their touchdowns per game go up by 0.3 on average. And I think that Kenny Pickett was getting unlucky at times. Deontay Johnson had probably his worst season uh, just down the field. There was a lot of just weird things and they upgraded their left tackle. Uh, first rounder Broderick Jones. Uh, last year's left tackle was a fourth rounder. They upgraded their left guard. Isaac Sayamalu kind of is a veteran stable guy. The left guard for the Steelers last year was a fourth rounder as well. So I think offensive line play is going to improve another year in the system. And it's not just Kenny Pickett. It's we have George Pickens second year. Pat Firemuth's young. DeAndre Johnson's relatively young. Najee Harris is relatively young. So Jalen I think yeah, Jalen Warren is definitely very young. So I think there was a little bit more to Kenny Pickett late in the season. And I think that we should just kind of not assume that he's a Mac Jones type and that no. maybe he can do like Ryan Tannehill type of things uh, over the next couple seasons. Yeah, I mean, you're a bigger fan of Kenny Pickett's game than I am. Anybody, um, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> uh, I guess my biggest question is like, what gets better? And I think you answer that really well, where almost everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for him too. Like with Deontay Johnson, like not scoring a touchdown for yeah, a player who's insane. like, to me, that good. It, it's insane stuff. Uh, I am incredibly nervous that Matt Canada's back because mm -hmm. it, like triggering is a good word. Uh, the other point of this, and I, I don't know if this is a quarterback thing, an offense thing, but when they're both connected, maybe it's a both on mm -hmm. throws 10 yards or further down the field. Can he pick it completed just 38.3% of those just 31st in the league just ahead of Carson Wentz and Zach Wilson. And that coincides with, you know, the Steelers like being unable to score touchdowns outside of the red zone last year. I mean, just two touchdowns from outside the red zone. That was by far the fewest yep. um, in the NFL. So those do have to change. And I'm, I'm worried that that's going to happen in year three and not year two, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely possible. And I think that was the restrictions I was talking about. When they are throwing the ball deep, it's always George Pick and Deontay, not over the middle where never the passes are most valuable. It's by the sideline doing acrobatic things. So that needs to change. But the one good news for fantasy purposes is that's the assumption is that's not going to change at all. There is no big plays in this offense and stuff. Big plays are naturally one of the things that kind of swing back and forth and regression is positive for Kenny Pickett in this. And we're all assuming that it's never going to happen before there's worse quarterbacks than Kenny Pickett that have had kind of big upgrades in year two. Like think about like the Jared Goff year. It was like completely disgusting. At least Kenny Pickett later in the season was at least somewhat watchable. Um, so I'm just going to ride that wave a little bit. He does elevate. You know, he he did show moments where he can elevate outside the structure when things do break down. Okay, he's going as quarterback 23 my final nomination is the quarterback 25, and that is rookie Bryce Young. This is more of a statement, though, Hayden, of how easy it is to stack these quarterbacks with some discounted offenses. I mean, hopefully you've watched our wide receiver and tight end sleeper shows already, and you know that I'm drafting a ton of Jonathan Mingo, a ton of Hayden Hurst, along with Miles Sanders. That's why I lean Bryce Young for Hayden. He might have nominated you know, Nico Collins and Dalton I, I'm on Stroud here. Yeah. <laughs> and so reasons. that might be, and even Damian Pierce, you and I both think he can take mm -hmm. a giant step forward. So that gives you, you know, CJ Stroud and heck, I'll even say like Brock Purdy, who's going in this range as well is mispriced right now with the timeline that the 49ers are, are currently advertising. But for Bryce specifically, if a rookie is surrounded by a good offensive line and good play callers, they have a chance just most rookies aren't so lucky to be in those situations. And then it goes to the individual talents, in my opinion, to elevate, you know, and, and to elevate 
it's all in their mind and it's all about their playmaking. And I am totally drinking the Kool-Aid on both with Bryce Young. Like from a processing standpoint, to me, he is going to look light years ahead of most rookies that we see in the NFL, not just of where he's supposed to go with the football immediately, but on this playmaker mentality stuff when things do break down, what are his outs? Where are his options? Um, sure, maybe I have a friend who is his positional coach at the moment, but I think that where you get a Frank Reich plus Josh McCown plus Thomas Brown plus the offensive line that they have plus getting good enough pieces around him. Again, I understand we can talk about the size, but he is going to, to me, look prepared yes. and ready to play in an NFL offense. And you won't have to go through those growing pains like we typically see with rookies where mm -hmm. they make mistakes and then you overcome them. My question to you is how much like rushing yards, rushing production are we going to get on? Because a lot of these players, like you can have the Geno Smith years, yeah. but I'm not sure there's enough talent around Bryce this year, at least at wide receiver to kind of get there. So is he going to be able to scramble enough? And so it's so he's such an interesting player because he is athletic. He does yeah. scramble a, a lot, but when you refresh the fantasy box score, it doesn't add up always, but maybe that could change. We saw it with Justin Fields, for example, right? He, he did scramble for 592 yards over the last two seasons in college. Mm -hmm. uh, now that's not to run over your face or score rushing touchdowns necessarily. It's more about, Hey, the offensive line gave me time, and I know that there's a void in this area of the field. So Just move the chains. Like moving the chains down. means you get more plays. And you and I had this conversation prior to the draft where, like, hey, we need to pull that out of C.J. Stroud, and maybe he mm -hmm. can do it. And for Bryce Young, it's, well, he can already do it, but can he do it at the NFL level? Can he survive it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So I, I think that's a very interesting dialogue there. Yeah. One thing that he is different with his size versus other shorter quarterbacks is that he completed 72.1% of his passes um, over the middle of the field in the pocket over the last few seasons. I mean, that's 10.5 yards per pass attempt. That's so much yeah. better than like Russell Wilson and mm -hmm. Kyler Murray. My final note, and this comes from Lord Reeves. Uh, it goes against this. Only Cam Newton, Robert Griffin III, and Justin Herbert, they're the only rookie passers to clear 300 fantasy points since 1970. So I'm not saying that we're going to get a 300 point fantasy player here, right. but I just think he's going to look much more poised inside and outside of structure than typical quarterback 25s do as rookies. And I think that goes to the beginning part of the conversation. I don't think we're expecting these guys to be quarterback ones, but getting no. a quarterback three to turn into a quarterback two is still value, um, especially in the best ball format. All right, that's going to do it. Go and check out. We've done them all for every single positions, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, our go-to sleepers for each of those. Again, that's after the start of round 10, ADP of 120 plus, and go and check out everything else. And once you do, draft an underdog fantasy. Click the link in the description or use promo code the show, and Hayden will match your first deposit right out of his pocket for 100 bucks. Now's the time to draft. Do not wait. Weekly winners. Do it right now. All right, up the bill. Talk to you all soon.